Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 119, busting three myths about bringing your vision to life. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. And as always, it's exciting to join you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. If this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders and their companies to accelerate to their next level of success. So Pam, what's up for today? We're going to be busting some of the myths around what it takes to bring an exciting vision to life. Aha, that's a good one. You know, we've seen that there's sometimes quite a gap between coming up with a compelling and innovative vision for your company and actually getting it translated into productive reality. That's right. And sometimes that's tied to buying into some mythical beliefs about what it takes to go from vision to getting all of the moving parts engaged that are critical to pulling it off. Okay. For example, we ran into this in one of our projects where we were working with a very visionary leader of a high growth company that was entering a new market. He called us in because he was very excited about his vision for entering a new market in a huge way and had made some significant commitments over a tight timeline. Yeah. And he was looking for help on bringing his vision to life faster. Now, his executive team had agreed verbally to the objectives of the vision, but things were not happening fast enough. That's right. The good news was that we were able to help them. So we're fast forwarding here. Mm -hmm. In the process, though, we saw that they'd run into some very common myths typical of what we call the visionaries paradox. Right. And this is a paradox where leaders who conceive of the most ambitious and innovative visions can really enable their companies to rise to game-changing levels of success and growth. At the same time, though, the more ambitious the vision, the higher the risk that it could meet with resistance from stakeholders who don't fully understand or they don't fully buy into that vision. And this can result in what was happening with this company that we're talking about. So let's deconstruct this example and look at busting the three myths that were happening. All right. So what's the first one? So the first one is the myth of charisma. That is, if I'm excited about this vision and I describe it enthusiastically to the employees and other stakeholders that are involved in pulling it off, it'll come to life. Mm -hmm. The problem is that it doesn't always happen that way. And in this particular example that we were describing, as you'll recall, the employees were concerned that it was going to adversely impact them in their careers. So it might have been good for the leader. They were concerned that it wouldn't necessarily be as good for them. That's right. We were able to have a conversation, and that turned out not to be the case, but they didn't really realize that at the outset. So there's a second myth. 
And that is what we call the myth of obviousness. And that's if I, as a leader who have this vision, I lay out what I think is needed to pull it off. We'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this, that the people who have to do it will be able to do it, will understand how to do it, and they'll agree to carry it off. That's not always the case. A lot of times, in fact, people don't know how to do what needs to be done. If you're going into uncharted territory, for example, and you need new skills Mm -hmm. and new capabilities, and you're interacting with stakeholders, say partners, that you've never interacted with before, it can be rather daunting to people, which is what we discovered again. Uh, once we started talking with people and they started telling us what was on their mind. And fortunately, in this case, we were able to help them work out their issues and they were able to carry on. But along with this, there was a third myth we had to confront as well. That's right. It's the myth of momentum. This is where even when everybody does agree that this is a vision that should be brought to life, that excitement will be enough to carry the day. Hmm, isn't always true. No, it's not at all true. And in this particular case, there were a lot of complex changes that needed to happen. So there was the closing of a facility. Mm -hmm. There was bringing on new people. There was shifting roles. There was partnering with an external company and actually relocating to another city. So when we helped the executive team bring out all of these concerns so they could be resolved and planned around, this allowed them to reestablish momentum, and they were able to hit their commitments and pull it off. The common theme behind all three of these myths is that the vision is the leader's vision. Ah, yeah. In fact, in our experience, when leaders are able to create a shared vision with their stakeholders, the vision has a much better chance of coming to life with even better outcomes. Here's the thing. To do this, everyone involved must come from a place of authenticity. And here's why this is important. According to Dr. Carissa Thacker, who wrote the best-selling book, The Art of Authenticity, living in authenticity makes it much easier to take on the perspective of others. This increases our ability to create shared values and coordinate our actions to bring our vision to life. Rather than continuing to paraphrase, we're going to revisit part of our conversation that we had with Carissa when she was our guest. Carissa is founder and president of Strategic Performance Solutions Incorporated, a management training and consulting firm dedicated to elevating people to reach their highest potential in career satisfaction. She's often quoted in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, Forbes, MSNBC, and many other major outlets. Her articles have appeared in the Harvard Business Review, Business News Daily, and elsewhere. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll join our discussion with Dr. Carissa Thacker. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Does this topic resonate with you? Check out related episodes to expand your perspectives and take away immediately useful ideas. Go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 119, and scroll down to resources. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. 
Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Dr. Carissa Thacker, author of The Art of Authenticity, about how important authenticity is to all of us, especially to those of us who lead. Carissa, how can people find out more about you and your book? Uh, my website, www.carissathacker.com, is uh, full of information and hopefully has some helpful articles and blogs that uh, people who would like to dive more deeply into the subject matter can. And, of course, there's, a, there's an opportunity to look at the book and uh, get an excerpt and or buy a copy. And also, you can access this by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 119, and getting links that way as well. So uh, let's get back to our conversation. I've been looking at your book. Uh, it's organized in such a way that you have the new vision. In the second part of your book, you have the science of authenticity. And you discuss how many people mistake charisma for authenticity, which I thought was especially timely today. <laughs> and yep. uh, why is that? What should we all be on the lookout for? I think it, we, we mistake the two for the simple reason that both authenticity and charisma create intense feelings of positivity and connection to a person. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you have with charisma is this excitement but what we know after doing decades of research on charisma is there is no clear link to results with charisma. And the way to think about it is that charismatic leaders can be authentic and authentic leaders can lack charisma. So two, Wait two a different. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a tongue twister. So yes. you can be authentic uh, without being charismatic. You certainly can be authentic without being And you can be charismatic, but not be authentic. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that I think is important is for, for my readers and our listeners here to have an understanding of the clues that could lead you in the direction of, hey, am I dealing with somebody who's just very charismatic and maybe not the real deal here? And the distinction that you want to listen for is actually based in science, and there are certain approaches and ways of thinking that greater me leaders take, and then there are certain approaches and ways of thinking that greater good leaders think. Okay, now, greater me, greater good. What, what's that? Greater me versus greater good. So greater me leaders are leaders who are leading to elevate themselves. Greater ah, good leaders mm. are leading to elevate the greater good. Now, if we step back and we get really honest about human behavior and our tribal nature, we are all looking out for ourselves to a certain extent. So there right. is no pure greater good leader. And, well, I started to say there is no pure greater me leader, but that might not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but looking at it from that perspective, what are some of the clues? And the first clue is what kind of people does the leader surround him or herself with? And I mean their closest mm -hmm. associates. Do you notice anybody in that circle who actually challenges the leader's point of view? Mm -hmm. And if not, you very well may have uh, a charismatic leader who is more about greater me than greater good. Mm -hmm. um, a second clue is about the team dynamics. So if you have a leader and there's a team, and we humans are hierarchical by nature, we always need a leader. 
But what are the dynamics among the team? Does the leader promote the team to think about ideas and the bigger picture or him or herself? I worked with a team one time and I sat in a meeting and I counted how many times, let's say the guy's name was Scott, how many times. (laughs) No resemblance to the person sitting over (laughs) there. (laughs) How many times the team referred to Scott versus a principal or an idea in the room. Mm -hmm. And within 30 minutes, it was 52 times. Wow. And it's just very interesting. So that's also one of the clues that you can look for. And then the third one is to begin to sort of dig below the surface with your leader or manager and try and understand who they are as a person. Back to the top of the call when I said that authentic leaders tell their stories and listen mm-hmm. to the stories of others and we and we when we figure out the truth and connect in that way and so you're looking for a leader that can connect with you below the surface when the time is appropriate as well so they actually have to invest in the relationship if they're investing in the relationship that's a sign yes yes i think that's a huge sign pam um i can't take that one directly from science, and I tried to stay pretty close to the science in the book, but in practice, I think that bears out well. One of the things I tried to do in the book is blend the science and the practice, and I will have to say that even though the science doesn't take us where you just went directly, Pam, it's definitely there in experience. Okay. Well, we've been talking about reading other people for signs of authenticity versus charisma. In your book, you also state that the notion of self-awareness in people is incomplete. So obviously, self-awareness is part of our authenticity and our ability to become more authentic. So what's missing in this? You know, we talk about ourself as if we are like fixed, like concrete blocks, Uh like uh, there's no malleability to who we are. And I find that problematic because the more highly functional a person is, usually the more they're able to vary and adapt to different situations. So I I want to move us from self-awareness to, you know, a conversation. Wow, I'm an introvert. Here's my little introvert box. Let me hang Uh out in my introvert Uh box Uh (laughs) to, okay, what are the values and bigger picture ideals that motivate you? And that is much deeper than a personality trait. Um, Mm -hmm. Becoming your best self may involve stretching out of your comfort zone. Uh, Being an introvert or an extrovert is primarily about your comfort zone. And I just pick on that one because we use it so much in the business world. But what I want to do is take us beyond trait psychology to the deeper questions about who we want to be as leaders. Okay, so I agree that we, we adapt to the situation. I've heard some people refer to as they swing in the breeze. You know, they're 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 phonies. They you know tell people whatever they want to hear. What's the difference between that and, and what you're talking about? You know, one of the one of the tools in the book is um, a free link to go on and measure yourself on what we psychologists call self monitoring. Uh-huh. And one of the things that we know from personality psychology is that some people are better at self-monitoring, Scott, or adapting to situations than others. 
the, the quick and dirty way to look at it is, is a person, an onion with a lot of layers or an mm -hmm. avocado where you sort of know what you're getting. I mean, the center of an avocado is the center of an avocado. Onions, mm -hmm. not so much. Right. So, so, so I think that's a useful tool because a person who is by nature more of a self-monitoring person and does adapt to situations could be authentic. That may be an authentic part of them. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to leave off the fact that what you're talking about, too, Scott, is there are some bad apples, you know, who, who right. may not be looking out for the greater good. Uh, but one of the distinctions that I think is important in figuring that out is just understanding that one of the variances in personality that is really consistent is this penchant towards self-monitoring or mm -hmm. adapting yourself to situations with more fluidity. I'm a self-monitor. I do it without thinking about it. Okay. But uh, I guess talking about onions and avocados and apples, <laughs> and I'm thinking about transparency here. <laughs> um, you know, you speak about the myth of total transparency, which I thought was interesting. And it kind of I think it's related to the onions and, and avocados somehow, especially as we're in an age of transparency where everybody, you know, transparency is like a favorite word. It's a watch people. word. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And now you're talking about the myth of total transparency. So let's talk about that briefly. I think about when when people say things like, I just want to be totally transparent. My BS <laughs> monitor kind of goes beep, 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 beep. Mm -hmm. um, let me be perfectly frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I be totally honest with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and a couple of things with that. One, I talk about in the book what I call the truth serum question. Mm -hmm. And whatever a client of mine is, is really, you know, torqued up about, you know, how nobody's telling the truth and what's really going on. And I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm like, imagine for a moment that everything you're thinking and feeling as well as everything that everybody else is thinking and feeling in this place is broadcast. And one of my clients said to me the other day, Chris, I feel like that's what social media is. <laughs> well, that's yeah. true. It's a very noisy room out there. <laughs> it's a very noisy room. And so the reality is that oftentimes we ourselves as individuals may not have a total awareness of how we feel about certain things and how we actually think about certain things. So there's that that makes total transparency a myth. But there's also just the practicality, which is kind of where we're going in terms of the noise. How do we make transparency uh, a force in the workplace that can actually make us more productive and create more meaningful work. And I think total transparency would be overload. Um, and I think that's what he was expressing and saying, mm -hmm. wow, that's digital world, Carissa. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. Well, it's true. I think you have to you have to grapple with what is what is the balance, I suppose. And what's and, appropriate. And even what you know about yourself mm -hmm. and all of this. And these are all considerations. We're going to talk a little more about how to apply some of these concepts in everyday life after our break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Carissa Thacker about the art of authenticity. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. 
Pam, you know, we've been talking for a long time about how critical open and authentic conversations are to success for any company. The thing is, though, we have to admit that sometimes the conversations that really need to happen just don't happen for, for a variety of reasons. That's right. Too many to go into right now. So that's why we're going to suggest that you take the opportunity to download a Harper report that we wrote a while back called How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room. Right. Uh, we talk about how to spot elephants in the room at a much earlier stage before they get out of control. That's right. And we give you steps to create the conversations that are critical to get back on track and accelerate momentum. So go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 119, and request your complimentary copy of How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room today. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Dr. Carissa Thacker, author of The Art of Authenticity, about many of the nuances of authenticity and why it matters more now than ever. Carissa, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you and about your book, The Art of Authenticity? Yes, www.carissathacker.com is my website, and that has all kinds of information about the book and my work in helping people become more effective leaders. That's great. Go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 119, to find out more about Dr. Carissa Thacker that way as well. So now we're at the point in this episode where we want to get down to the immediately practical steps that people can take. Let's say that somebody is driving in their car and they're listening to this episode. What's one thing that they could do to become a more authentic leader? I would encourage people to design an experiment that they could try within the next 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason experimentation is important is we don't have a fixed self. And the more we can play and experiment with who we are and tell our stories, that helps us become more authentic. So what do I mean by an experiment? Oftentimes, useful experiments are in areas of paradox. So mm -hmm. when I say to people, do you tend to prefer to command or collaborate? Usually people will say command, or they'll say collaborate very quickly. When it somebody, Yeah, it, <laughs> an experiment would be if somebody said, well, I tend to prefer to collaborate, I would say, try on a command face tomorrow. Or uh -huh. if it depends, choose one and then try to switch gears, Scott. You know, mm -hmm. design an experiment that takes you to a different place as opposed to being on automatic pilot. The biggest enemy to authenticity, to spontaneity, to finding meaning in our lives is autopilot. So mm -hmm. useful experiments really do keep us engaged in our own game, as well as help us continue to build and create that sense of self that can get stale or fixed. Um, the other one that people usually find useful, as I use the term, uh, some people tend to be 
open books. Other people tend to be more guarded, um, more yeah. cautious souls. So another experiment is that if you tend to be more cautious, find a specific way tomorrow to open up more. Nothing big, nothing major, no megaphone, but just reach out and build a relationship in a different way. If you tend to be an open book, find a way to protect yourself. So the mm -hmm. experiment is this ongoing, literal experiment with, gee, who am I in the world and what works for me? Now that makes a lot of sense. And as a person who was trained as a research scientist, experiments uh, are very exciting to me. And you have to be very clear about the question you're asking. What, what do I want to get out of my experiment to get more insight into whatever it is I'm looking into? So 100%, that's great. What's another piece of practical advice? I think if you can name three specific people that you go to often who you know are going to disagree with you mm -hmm. and you're, you take their advice, then you are getting a balanced view of the world. If you can't name three people, that you surround yourself with who you tend to disagree with and you actually think they're right at times you're not surrounding yourself with a balanced point of view about the world um, mm. this eco chamber of our own minds we were talking about digital i think right. it's even easier in some ways to surround yourself with an eco chamber of people who think just the way that you think and right. which to is me, dangerous it's yeah. incredibly dangerous. So yeah. this idea of surrounding ourselves with diverse viewpoints is critical for self-development. So if we're uh, listening to other people, we're taking the other side, we're doing something that would be contrary to our automatic nature, what is it we're supposed to be looking for in ourselves? Because couldn't it be confusing to say, well, I thought that my authentic me was this, and now all of a sudden I'm going against what I thought I valued? Is I'm a little you know, confused. Well, so so the notion wouldn't be to change political parties with that one, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so the idea would be to take in the alternative viewpoint and really listen to it. But what I have found fascinating over the years is that this experiment method is something I do every day. And I have never had a client come back to me and say that felt fake. What they come back to me and say Carissa, that worked, or Carissa, that didn't work for me. And so this notion of finding what works for you and this idea of continuing to find what might work better for you, that's the point, Pam. So it's stretching your possibilities, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And making you think, well, maybe I've been very habitual in my thinking, and there's more to me than I think, and that there are more ways for me to grow as a person. That's what I'm up to. People often discover in this process of experimentation that they're capable of far more than they ever thought. So this is great. What's a third thing that people can do? Diane von Furstenberg, um, in her autobiography, famously said, I did not know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew the woman that I wanted to be which is an interesting philosophical sounding statement. Mm -hmm. um, however, one of the things that we lose sight of in our day-to-day -day world is that we are becoming a person who embodies certain values and models certain values. So I encourage all of my leaders to, to write down two people that they admire, why they admire them. So let's say uh, I admire Scott 
Uh, and why do you admire Scott? Uh, because he's intellectually curious. And then use the phrase, I am, and go, I am intellectually curious. Mm, and so mm-hmm. if you start with three or four characteristics, you can really begin to get a sense of the kind of person that you want to be. And I have my leaders go over those statements every morning, if if possible, uh, or keep them in a folio. So this idea of keeping track, not just of what you're doing in your to-do list, but what kind of person, what kind of leader do you want to be? Chris, this has been a really great conversation. Do you have any final thoughts for us on this particular topic? The thing you want to remember is that there's your success and then there's the being true to yourself and feeling good about where you are in your life. And that's a meter that I think high-powered business folk and entrepreneurs can lose sight of. So there's this accomplishment meter, but there's also that meter of, wow, am I being true to myself? What's the meaning? What's the purpose? So both of those barometers really matter. And the book really is an invitation to pay continual attention to both of those meters. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It was a pleasure. Krista, thank you again. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, download How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room, and open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 119. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to reflect on. What's one thing that I can do today to experiment on becoming a more authentic leader? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.